on the rapture this morning, the rapture question, I should say, because, you know, there's many, many different theories, different ideas from different people. And, uh, but you know, I, I, I always like to go by the scripture and see what the scripture says. Right. That's what the word says. Do you know there's some people that believe the doctrines of the church because somebody told them? They never studied it. They never read it themselves. Now, salvation comes through the blood. We all know that. But it's in the Bible, too. We need to get the scriptures and know what we're saved, how we're saved, what we're saved from, and the power of the blood. And uh, uh, we, we know that we're healed by the stripes of Jesus. So we need to look at the scripture and get the, listen, this word, the devil cannot refute this word. This word is eternal. God is true. Every jot and tittle of his word is truth, and the devil can't stand the truth. And by the truth, you're made free. Praise God. And thank the Lord for what the freedom is ours. But this morning, we're going to, we've been dealing with the rapture, or the coming of the Lord, the end times. I call it the end time series, actually. But this morning, I want to deal with the, just an idea of understanding the rapture. There is a rapture. Now, the word rapture is not actually in the Bible. It's not actually there. It comes from a, a, a Greek word, for po- uh, actually, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, but it comes from another word, <laughs> from, from a, a different language deal. But, but it means the same thing. Now, the, the Bible itself doesn't say rapture, but it says catching away and caught up. And that's what it, that's what it literally means, to be caught up and to be taken. And, that, and we will be taken one day. Not taken, uh, now some people are already going to be with the Lord, but one day they're going to be taken. Mm-hmm. The, their bodies and spirits are going to reunite, and they're going to be in the presence of the Lord. But let's read in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13 through 18 real quick. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren. One preacher preached one time, he said, I would not have you ignorant, brethren. I, that's not what he's saying here. But he, he said, I would not, I do not want you to be ignorant. Brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words, now, with this, that's our comfort today. Jesus is coming. He's coming back for the church. He's coming back for the believers. And uh, this, this catching away of the church is probably one of the most controversial issues among believers today. There's, there's actually three classes of people. Some teach pre-tribulation. That means before the great tribulation begins. There's others that teach mid-tribulation, which is three and a half years into the tribulation. And then we've got the post-tribulation, where people teach the post-tribulation after the tribulation. Now, I personally believe Jesus is coming soon. Yes. I do believe that we could be the generation that sees the beginning of the Great Tribulation. We're seeing it happen right now. These things are happening right now. I asked someone one time, uh, we, we, we preached the coming of the Lord anytime, forever since I can remember. <laughs> and what would have happened if the church had been taken out, say, in 45, before World War II? Before we got into that, I would, we wouldn't, we wouldn't see the great moves of God that we saw in this earth. But at the same time, 
I'm not going to sit here and predict when and what day and what month or anything like that. I just say Jesus is coming soon. And we need to be prepared and be ready for the coming of the Lord. Because when he comes, it's going to be just like that. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, it's going to be just like that. That's what the Bible says. It's going to be quickly. It's going to be swiftly. But we, we do have three different categories of people. Now, the thing is, they all believe Jesus is coming. So I'm not going to fall out with them and say, why, you hypocrite, you scoundrel, you false teacher, you know? No. They all believe Jesus is coming. But there's just different variances on what they believe. So don't, I'm not going to fall out with another fellow believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Hey, during Paul's day, they had controversy. They had controversy over Paul's teaching about justification. Because, see, some of those back then wanted to stay in the old Judaism and not come into the new covenant relationship with the Lord. The blood, when Jesus died on the cross, that was, he said, it is finished. No more law. Now, it doesn't mean no more commandments that we keep and no more things like that. But no more by the law, under the law, we have been redeemed and reconciled back to the Father through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we're part of the family of God. Amen? So thank God for what God's doing for us. Amen? But one thing we can believe in the fact, there is, and like I said, the word rapture is not in the Bible, but there is a rapture or a catching away of the church. There is a catching away of the church. And it's going to be swift, and we just need to understand. But wisdom is important uh, for every believer to walk in victory during these troubled times that we're in. We're in troubled times. We're, we're in the end times. We're in the, you know, and like I said, if we'd been living back in, in, the, in, in those earlier days, in the 1800s or whatever, you know, and we, we, we need to keep an alert spirit. Jesus is coming soon. Just because it didn't happen in 1950, because it didn't happen in 1960, because it didn't happen in 1970, it, the time is nothing to God anymore. Amen. Time is nothing to the Lord. You know? I mean, you know, a day with the Lord is with a thousand years, a thousand years in one day. That's right. That's right. So time is nothing to God. So whether we see it in our generation, which I personally believe we will see it in our generation. That's my personal opinion and beliefs from the word that I see. We're going to see it. Amen. We're going to participate in it. Jesus is coming soon. And we're going to see God do what he said he would do. But we, we need to get wisdom because the Bible said in Proverbs 4 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom in all you're getting, get understanding. See, we, we can memorize a scripture, but we need understanding of that scripture. Revelation knowledge of that scripture. See, what, when we say we're washed in the blood of Jesus, do we really understand what we're, what's happening? When we say we've been redeemed by the blood, do we really understand what that scripture means when you're redeemed, you're purchased, you're bought, you're paid for? You belong to uh, Jesus Christ. You belong to the to God Himself. You're you're, you're His child, and and uh, you're part of the family of God now. But we understand these things, and this is what God wants to do. So God never intended for any of the church to walk in ignorance. We're, we're to be, have our eyes wide open. We're to know what's going on. And all of these events that's happening in our world today, everything that you see happening today, has been prophesied right here in this Bible by the prophets of God. Now, what they saw, they didn't, you know, when they saw some of the things coming down upon uh, the enemy and destroying them, they didn't know what a missile was. You know, when they, when they get in, how many of what I'm saying? They didn't have that, that knowledge, but they had understanding. God's power, God's power is going to do these things. But we're, we're living in that time where we're going to see what God is saying that we're going to see. 
And God don't want us, He wants us to walk and have knowledge and understanding of His plan. And so if we're going to discuss the relationship of the, the church to Israel, which we do, how many knows the covenant that God made with Israel has now become our covenant also? But there are particular things in the covenant of Israel that pertains only to Israel, only to the nation Israel, only to their specific plan in the history of God and the plan of God and the grand scheme of things. So, but we're all, that God of Israel is the God of the church. Hallelujah. Because God has grafted us in. Gentiles were, no, were not part of the original promises of God. Did you know that? It was to the Jew first. We're going to get into that in just a minute. To the Jew first, then to the Gentiles. We're all considered Gentiles here by the way. Amen. But you see, the thing is, it's, it's ours. But we're going to see what the covenant of Abraham, the covenant of David, and the new covenant that we live under, what it, what it really means and how it's important to all of these, and how they outline God's plan for all of human history. These, these covenants that God made. And we need to understand that Israel and the church are part of history. The church is still part of the scheme of God and the plan of God, along with the promises to Israel. And we can see these things happening. The God of Israel is our God. Hallelujah. Yeah. When he told Israel, I'm the Lord that he will be, hey, we're now part of that. We've been back today. We'll see that in just a minute. But we need to understand what God's saying. And uh, understanding the distinction between Israel and the church. We, uh, how many know we need to understand what we, who we are? The covenants are crucial. Covenants. The covenants of God in the Bible are very crucial. God cut covenant. God made covenant. There was covenant. Covenant was a very important word when people made covenant with one another. When nations made covenant with one another. It was a very important word. Very powerful word. And in, in the Bible, Israel is nearly four-fifths of the Bible. Israel. I've always told this, and I always say it, and I believe it with all my heart. The church, America is not the key to the end time. Israel is the key to the end times. In fact, when you read in the Bible, you don't really see the United States of America mentioned in the Bible. You see the world, but not the, not the United States of America. So what can happen? What will happen? Well, we do know that the whole world is going to come under the rule of the Antichrist one day. The whole world. Did you know they got plans right now? In the United Nations, they're trying to decide to pass a new ordinance in, within the United Nations to appoint one man over the United Nations of this world. Did you know that about every nation in this world is part of the United Nations? How many knows of what that means? If you've got one man over it, you've got an antichrist getting ready to rise up. Oh, yeah. One man should not rule over everybody. It should never be a one-man deal. And God's, you know, I, I, God should be in charge. But the church is only about one-fifth of the Bible. When I say the church, the birth of the church, how many of you the church of birth? On the day of Pentecost. That's when the church. See, everything else up to that time was, was all the Jewish nation. The Jews. And, and, and their God and their covenant that God had cut with them. All the way up to the time of the crucifixion. And when Jesus died on the cross, and the Bible says that he gave up the ghost, he's, he's, he's uttered these words. It is finished. What was finished? Some of the, some of the soldiers said, well, he just said, it's, it's over, I'm dead. I'm gone. You know, no, no. What Jesus was saying, the plan, the grand plan that God put them in, in, in action, the covenant relationship for the whole world was put in place. For everybody, Gentiles, Jews, any nationality, any, any nation in this world, when Jesus died, it was for the whole 
Didn't John say that himself? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And that was in the Gospels. But all the way up till the time when Jesus was born, Jesus was in the beginning, by the way, but he came down into this earth as a natural man, as a babe that grew and matured into the man, and he became the supreme sacrifice because the sacrifice had to be perfect. Now, how many knows there's not one human being sitting in here this morning that's perfect? I don't care what you look in that mirror and say, I'm perfect. But, but you know, there's not one perfect person in this world. No perfect person. No. Now, if you say you haven't sinned, isn't that like scripture? If you say you haven't sinned, you lie. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. And I dare say, 100% of everybody that's caught professed to be Christian has seen that when they became a Christian. Then we've got to get into a deeper subject what is sin. Well, I'm not going to preach on that this morning. But what I'm saying is, we're all sinners. And the church, the Gentile nations, was not part of the Abrahamic covenant. The Gentile nations was not part of the covenant that God made with Israel all those years. But you see, now then, God has included us in through the birth and the, and, and the death and, and the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ coming into this world, the Son of the living God, God himself in flesh. And because of that, we have been grafted in to the covenant plan of God. So when we read the Old Testament promises, you can claim those promises because we've been grafted in now that God, that Jehovah God, is our God. And we have the right to believe that the miracles God did for Israel during those days, He'll do miracles for us today. Because we're all one. For God so loved the world. Isn't that the most popular scripture? That He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So we're part of the scheme of God. But you got the covenant of Israel. Now, you know, God created the world. The creation covenant was God created the world. The human being showed that he's sovereign ruler of all. He created Adam and Eve as priests and kings. And that, as those, those were made in his image to, to rule the world for God. Did you know Adam and Eve was placed in that garden to never die? They weren't supposed to die. When God placed them there, they were full-grown, mature men, a man and a woman. That's what God created. Then God told him to replenish the earth. Now, there, there's a thing, and don't, don't go off saying Mother Mary's preaching all this false doctrine, you know. But there's a theory, and there, there's a thing that the world itself, uh, when God created the earth, as we see it today, there, there was something here, it was, it was, it was without form and void. Void, meaning there was nothing here. And, and there's a theory. Now, this is just a theory. Is it okay if I just put out a theory? Uh, but the theory is when God created, remember when he created everything? Everything God created was perfect. And, but the devil, you remember the devil was in heaven. He was created perfect too. Did you know that? The devil was created in heaven. He was the head angel. He was over everything. And he decided one day that he wanted to be God. He thought he could just be God. And so he took one-third of the angels with him, two-thirds of the angels with him. Maybe two-thirds. Was it two-thirds? I can't remember. Two-thirds, one-third, whatever. He took a lot of with him. One-third, one-third of the angels fell with him. One-third. They followed him. I don't know how many one-third of one of the angels were. There could be trillions, you know. But God created them all. What were they created for? To worship. To praise. That Lucifer was the chief praiser. But he decided, hey, I'm going to, we're going to dethrone the Lord. And he took a third of the angels with him, got him on his side. He said, we're going to take him out of, out of place. We're going to take over. And they tried now, he was kicked out. 
God took him out. Uh, we don't know exactly where heaven is. Uh, could be just one big, nice big planet that God created. It's, it, you know, the universe is vast. I mean, it, it, it's amazing when you begin to look at the creation of God. But God kicked him out. Now, it doesn't say this in the, in, in the Bible, but there's a theory that Satan fell and he took the earth and, 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 and messed it all up the place, the planet that it was on. But then God said the, the earth was formed without void when he created in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. So the earth was a beautiful creation of God. Satan came in. God put Adam and Eve there. And what was his command? Replenish. In other words, multiply. And they did. They had two sons. Now they probably had more than that, but we know of two, Cain and Abel. But Satan came in the garden. Did you know another thing to understand? Man was created to live forever. God created this body to recreate itself. How many knows what happens when you get a wound in your in, in your body? It heals itself. Healing comes, right? And, and there's something that's happening. And so man was created to just live forever in the peace of God and the joy of the Lord. But then when Lucifer came and said, hey, God didn't mean what he said. And you know what? He just don't want you to be like him. See, the truth was, they were like God. Because God said, let us make man in our image. So they were already like God. So the devil used that as a, a ploy against them. and said, he don't want you to be like him. He said, won't you eat this tree over here? And he said, no, we can't do that. Because God said not to. Oh, it ain't going to hurt. And how do you remember the first time you sinned? I, when, I, when I talk about sin, that you really went wild for a little while before the Holy Ghost got a hold of you. And, you know, and, oh, come on. And it ain't going to hurt nothing. Come, come on. It, it's fun. And the devil said, no, he didn't really mean that. He did mean it. He said, when you eat of it, you're going to die. Now, they didn't die just like that, but they gradually died. Gradually. You, when you look at the uh, general genealogy of Genesis there, my goodness, people lived a long time. A lot of years. I mean, you know what? hundred years old, you'll still be a teenager. <laughs> now, some of you act like teenagers now, you know. But anyway, but listen. God said it's good. And this is what God is doing. And uh, we just need to understand that the devil is a deceiver. And he deceived Adam and Eve. And when they, did, when they were deceived, sin came. Sin. S-I-N. Sin. You take the eye out of sin, you don't have any sin. Pride. He, he got, the devil tried to poke him up in pride. Well, he'll be just like God. Isn't that isn't that? Somebody come up to you and say, Boy, Doris, you, you seem like this famous singer over here. And, uh, boy, oh, man. I knew I was good, Lord, but didn't know I was that good. Pride. Pride is a, it is a downfall to everybody. I don't, like, I don't like a whole lot of puffing up. But you know, whatever I do, whatever I have, whatever talent I have, God gave it to me. I'm going to use it for the glory of God. But, but, but we don't want to be puffed up. Puffed up is pride. P-R-I-D-E. You take I out of pride, you don't have any pride, right? And then pride becomes sin. And sin is spelled S-I-N. Take the I out of it, you don't have no sin. I can notice that really, you can't really blame the devil for a lot of this stuff. It's, it's I, me, I. And so this is what happened with Adam and Eve. 
and they they got into the point of of, of the fact where they believed what the devil said. But now they were driven out. Genesis three fifteen. God told God told the, the Satan this: I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. He was talking about the coming of the Messiah, his son coming down to earth, becoming the supreme sacrifice. And he said, He shall bruise your head. He shall bruise your head, and you'll bruise his heel. But the victory is theirs. And so the Abrahamic covenant came, and this is what we're not going to spend a lot of time on this Abrahamic covenant. But that's the Israel is the earthly promises in the covenant. And that's I'm going to tell you something. Israel is still the key to end time prophecy. Israel is still the key to everything that's happening. God's not done with Israel. I mean, we've talked about the six-day war that happened in 1967. Or was it 67? I believe it was. Somewhere along there. And uh, they, the Six-Day War, they got all this territory back. But you know what? The territory they got was not really very... You know, they only had one little bitty spot over there that they were allowed in 1948 when Israel became a nation. But on that Six-Day War, they expanded. And it was a supernatural war. God was with them. And God took care of them. And God did that. But it's all because of the Abrahamic Covenant. You see, Israel had lost... They had went... And they were obsolete. They didn't have a place called home. They were just scattered throughout the world. And they became a byword. I want to tell you something. Even in America, when when before Israel uh, had their uh, where they where they became a nation, and then after the Six Day War, there's still people that ridicule Jews. And they make light of Jews. I'm going to Jew you down. <laughs> and, 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 and they, they, they kind of ridicule the Jews because Jews are generally pretty business savvy. And generally, most of them know how to make money and keep money. They, have, they, they got a good head for that. But because of that, but how many of you understand what I'm saying? Well, you've heard mockery of the Jews and, and things that should not be. Those are God's people. That's why we need to pray for Israel. And as we pray for Israel, guess what? God's going to bless us Amen. and going to keep us as we pray for Israel. But that Abrahamic covenant, earthly promises in the covenant. Israel, earthly promises in the covenant. But the church has what we call heavenly promises in the, in the covenant. And, and God has given us something that is spiritual. And yet, at the same time, we're going to get something physical out of it. Amen? Heaven is real. Heaven is a genuine place. But the seed of Abraham, Israel is the physical seed. The church is the spiritual seed, the seed of Jesus Christ. He's the spiritual seed. And that's just where we are. The natural birth of Israel came when Abraham covered with Jehovah God in Genesis 15, 1 through 6. And... Uh, uh, Let's just read it real quick. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? He said, I go childless, and the heir of my house uh, is uh, Eleazar of Damascus. And then Abram said, Lord, you have given me no offering. Offspring, indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir. The one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. God said, I'm going to do something supernatural here. Then he brought him outside and said, look towards the heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. He said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord. Now, this is the key thing for Abraham. He believed in the Lord and it was accounted to him for righteousness. God cut covenant with Abraham that night. And God made an everlasting covenant with him. 
God himself came down during the covenant ceremony and marched and circled over the, the carcasses that were there. God himself came down, and God said, Abraham believed in the Lord, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, that word believed in the Hebrew, when you look at this in the Old Testament here in Genesis, where it says he believed in the Lord. See, see one thing, it's one thing to come through that door back there and say, I'm, I'm going to church. And, uh, you're, and you're, you're in church. And, and, and there's one thing to be a member of a church. And you come in and you're a member of a church. But when Abraham believed in the Lord, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, that word believed in the Hebrew means, means this literally. He literally gave himself wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, 100% to God. And he became part of God's divine purpose. God's divine plan. There's a difference in believe in a doctrine or believe in the Lord. We've got to believe like Abraham did in the Lord and become part of God's divine plan. The Word is our instruction book, this Bible. And you know what? As we get and we feast on the Word, study the Word, digest that Word, where it becomes part of your spirit being on the inside. You know what God wants to do? See, if He wants that Word to get in us so big, when the devil shows his ugly face, there's a scripture that's going to rise up on the inside. And you can say, it is written. That's what Jesus did when he was on this earth. And the devil came out of the Mount of Temptation and told him, Look out, look at all those nations out there. You bow down before me, and they're yours. But you know what Jesus said? See, he had he knew who his father was. He knew where he came from. And he said, Devil, it is written. Every time the devil came against him or something. It is written. It is written. And so when Abraham believed God, he became part of God's plan. And he it was accounted to him for righteousness. Abraham believed God. We've got to come to the point where we believe God. Nobody should be able to talk you out of your salvation. Nobody should be able to talk you out of your faith. Nobody should be able to talk you out of heaven. Nobody should be able to talk you out of any promise in the word that God's given you for your family, for your children, and, 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 and what he wants to do in your life. No, nobody should be You can say, it is written. God is my God. Jesus is my Lord. And you can begin to name off what Jesus did for us. But the devil tries to come against you, and this is why we, 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 we try to teach this so strong. Listen, when Jesus hung on the cross, it wasn't a pretty picture to look at. But he did it for us. And what we've got to do is believe in the cross, in the work of the cross, in the redemptive work of the cross. And believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Amen? Not just a religious figure. Some people go to church out of religion obligation. I want to go to church because I want to worship God. Worship the Lord. Learn what God has for us. And, and, and believe. In other words, become part of God's divine covenant plan that he's made for you. This is what God wants us to be. And that's what we are. We're the, we're the church. And uh, we're, we're part of the seed of Abraham now also. Amen? Now, we're, we're in, a, in, a, in, a, in a deal here where we're, we're in a dispensation. They call them dispensations of, of time. And we're in this dispensation that's going to see the coming of the Lord. And uh, we're going to see what God said.
something to, unto us, and we've been entrusted with the stewardship. Ephesians 1 and 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he might gather together one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. Now that's a promise from the Lord. Paul saw that in Ephesians, and he said, in the fullness of times. How many believe we're in the fullness of times? I believe that's where we are in the fullness of times. That he will come and gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. And Ephesians 3 2, Paul writing again, I be, uh, indeed, if indeed you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you. So God, God has given us this dispensation of the grace of God. We're, we're in this dispensation of the grace of God, and God's grace is for us. Someone described grace like this, it's spelled G-R-A-C-E, it's God's riches at Christ's expense. Amen? God's riches at Christ's expense. Jesus paid for it all. You don't have to do anything for joy, except maybe lift your hands and say, thank you, Jesus, and just praise God. The joy of the Lord is our strength. God, Jesus himself, gave us peace that passes all understanding that keeps our heart and mind through Christ Jesus. He's given us the hope, the hope of something beyond this world, and that hope is heaven itself. And that hope is being resurrected out of here. Whether we go on to be with the Lord or whether we're here when the trumpet sounds. Either way, we're all going to go at the same time. Amen? The dead in Christ and then we which are alive remain. But listen, Jesus became manager of the household of God, which is the church. And there's seven distinct dispensations I just want to give, give, give them briefly to you. Uh, seven means completeness, by the way. And there's seven dispensations in the Word of God. Every time you see the word seven or seven, that means a completion, maturity, completion. And the seven dispensations was, number one, was innocence. That's when Adam and Eve were first placed in the garden. They were innocent. The second one was conscience, the dispensation of consciousness. After that, everybody was conscious of the fact that they weren't holy. The consciousness was there. Then the third dispensation Human government came in. There had to be some type of government. So a human government came in. Then the fourth dispensation is the dispensation of promise. And this is where you see the prophetic words of God and the prophets of God giving us the promise of this, this life that God has planned for us as believers. And then the fifth dispensation is law. The law of Moses came into effect. How many Moses? Aren't you glad you don't have to live under the law? It was so strict, I don't know of anybody that could really do it. And if they did do something wrong, they had to do a lot of penance for it. Amen? But there's the dispensation of law. But then the sixth dispensation came when Jesus came, grace. The dispensation of grace. Jesus has come to bring us the grace of the Lord. And then the final dispensation will be the divine government that God will establish for a thousand years upon this earth. A thousand years upon this earth. Hallelujah. thousand years. Then it will be eternal after that. Because the devil will be taken care of once and for all. Hallelujah. Thank God. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 17, Think not that I've come to destroy the law of the prophets. I'm not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Jesus has come to fulfill all of these things for us so that we can understand. And through Christ, through Christ, we, the Gentiles, every one of us here are Gentiles, we have the same promises. Paul, Paul got a revelation. Did you know Paul was a uh, high-ranking Jewish uh, leader before he actually got born again. He was also a murderer. <laughs> I mean, he, he might as well have been the one to stone Stephen if he held the cults of those that did it. 
But Paul was a, a was an evil man until the grace of God got in his life and the mercies of God, and he recognized what the Lord did for him. But Paul made this statement in Galatians 3, verse 13 through 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham. See, the Abrahamic covenant is actually the covenant of God that God cut with Abraham. And, and this, was, this was for the Jews and for his people at that time. But then God expanded that when Jesus came. And he expanded it to all that we can have the blessings of Abraham in our lives. Look what it said. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. Curses everyone that hangs on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Through faith. Thank God. And then over in Colossians 2, verse 14, Paul makes this statement again. Talking about the grace of God. Because of the dispensation we're in right now. Having wiped out all the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, that, and he's taking it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Hallelujah. Taking it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. So thank God. Now, I'm glad you're in this dispensation. I tell you what, I'm kind of excited when I hear the news. It means it, Jesus is coming soon. I mean, we're in that era. We're in that generation that is going to welcome the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. And as we see what the Lord said. But look what it says here in uh, Colossians 2.14. He said, having watched out the handwriting of the requirements of ordinances against us, which was contrary to us, he's taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. That's past sins. Present sins, future sins, it's already been taken care of. Somebody said, well, yeah, but if I sinned after, after I got knowledge of the Lord, well, that's okay. It's already been taken care of. Why? Because, listen, he's nailed it to the cross. And that's why when, if we do sin, aren't you glad that God put that in the Bible? If you do sin. I look out here today and I don't see anybody out here going out here murdering nobody. Going out here robbing the new 7-Eleven store they just built down the road here, you know. I, 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 don't, I don't see nobody doing that. I, I can't even imagine it, you know. But, but if we do sin, what is sin? Sin is anything that's against the ordinances of God. Sin is anything that reveals anything that, that, anything that God's telling you to do. That's sin. Sin is not being obedient to the word and the revelation that you have knowledge of. See, if you don't have knowledge of something and revelation knowledge of something, God's not going to be as harsh on you as he does somebody that knows what the word says. See, if we know what the word says, what the word declares, we're going to please God and do what God tells us to do. So thank God that, the, that, 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 that it's all been wiped out. Can you say amen? We're in that dispensation. Now look, we're, we're in the church age. We're in this age called the church age, and we were chosen before the foundation of the world. The Bible said in Ephesians 1, verses 4 through 5, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame in him, before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. The church, the church, the church is founded upon Jesus Christ. Every one of us know this, but isn't it good to kind of just kind of review and see what God does say? Look what it says in Matthew 16, verses 13 through 20. Jesus came to the, into the region of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am, uh, that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say you're John the Baptist, some Elijah, some Jeremiah, and others, some one of the other prophets, you know, that, that you come back. But he said to them, Who do you say that I am? That was a question Jesus came back with. Who do you say that I am? And Simon Jonah, Simon Peter, answered and said, You are the Christ. 
of the living God. See, Peter didn't just say, you're a good man, you're a good prophet, you are the Christ, the Son of the King of that revelation, Jesus was the Christ. We've got to come to that place where we can say, Jesus, you are the Christ. You are the Christ. And look at what Jesus told him. Simon Verdona, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church. Now a lot of people took that literally as far as Peter. You know, Peter being the saint that, uh, uh, that uh, you know, that the church is built on the saint. No, 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 no. Church ain't built on a human being. Church is built on Jesus Christ. And what Jesus said, Simon Fredona, you're blessed. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father is who in heaven. And I say unto you that you are Peter. And on this rock. Now, it's not Peter. God's not building the church on man. On this rock. What rock? That revelation truth that Peter said. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's the revelation that we have to get a hold of. And then he said, Blessed are you, because flesh and blood didn't reveal it to you, but my Father. And I say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, the church of the living God, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded the disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. But the disciples knew at that point. But before it was all over with, the whole world would know. Amen? Peter puts uh, uh, in Acts 4, 11 and 12, this is the stone which was rejected by you builder, which has become the chief cornerstone, uh, and there's no other salvation in heaven, for there's no other name under heaven given about men which must be saved. So Jesus is that living stone. And we, listen, we're, we're in the church age. We're in that age. We're, we're in this, the church. When Jesus ascended to heaven, and the, and the disciples were commissioned by the Lord to go into Jerusalem and tarry until they were new with power from on high. And they did that in the upper room, tarrying and worshiping before the Lord. I don't even know if they knew what to expect. I really don't believe they really knew exactly what was going to happen. All they knew was Jesus said, go there. You'll be filled with the power of God. And on the day of Pentecost, isn't it amazing the Jewish peace had already been established all through those years. And on that day of Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost, that's when the Holy Ghost fell in the upper room with 120 of the disciples of the Lord there. And they were worshiping God, and they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Other tongues, it wasn't jibber jabber, it was languages of the people, because the people heard them speak in their languages as they come out on the streets worshiping the Lord. They heard their language. Holy Ghost is a gibberish now, and it's coming up. It's coming up now. The church age began on the day of Pentecost. That's when the church age actually started. And the church age will be completed at the coming of the Lord. Amen? One day, churches will just be buildings. And people will be seeking asylum or seeking peace or seeking help. And the people that are part of the church won't be in the building of the church. But who'll be gone? This will just be a building. This is just a building here. The church is the multifaceted, multi-membered body of Christ around the world. That's the church of the living God. One day that church is going to be gone because of trouble God's worship. And we which are alive and remain should be called up after the dead are raised. We will be called up to be with the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm just thankful for the victory that's happened. The victory that's ours. Amen? Praise God. And I'll tell you what, uh, it, it's amazing as we begin to look at these things. And Israel's, Israel's rejection uh, is not total. God's, God's going to restore Israel back to himself. 
Israel is expanding. We're seeing it. We saw it. We've seen it in our generation, our time. The Six Day War. I'll, I'll never forget that. I just got out of Bible college when that happened. Preaching my first, pastoring my first church. You know, and, and the Six Day War took place. And I'll tell you what, uh, it, it was amazing. It was amazing. I mean, to see what God had done and what God was doing with people. And, and I mean, it was just amazing. And to see how they gained, regained territory that was not theirs, and they got it all back, and they still have it today. And God's going to expand it more, because God's Word is true. And the, the, we're in the end time. You know what? You're privileged to be able to see the fulfillment of these promises of God. Not only to Israel, but to us as the body of Christ. We're, we're, we're privileged to be in this generation that we're in. I want to tell you something. God's going to do something. He's doing something big for us. Amen. We're the, the, you know, we're the church. Everybody say I'm part of the church. We're the bride of Christ. And look at, I want to read something in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, 17. Now this is what, this is what Paul, the apostle said. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the sound of the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Look what he said in 1 Corinthians 15, 51-53. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In other words, there's some of us, and you've known many, many people through the years that's already gone on to be with the Lord as far as leaving this earth into the presence of God. But listen, we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. There's some people who are going to be alive and well when the trump of God sounds. <laughs> and we're going to be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead, the dead who don't know. Now, their spirits in the presence of the Lord right now. But God comes somehow. I don't know how God does all these things, but he's God. But the dead in Christ are going to rise first. I don't know if we're going to be able to hold it and all of a sudden see, see all these people going up in the air. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 we can sit here and, 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 and try to figure it all out. All I know is it's going to happen, and it's going to be in the moment, in the twinkling of it. It's going to happen so fast, people are not even going to realize it's happened. <laughs> even if somebody saw something, it's going to go, just like that. Then which we, we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. Hallelujah. Listen, this isn't a fairy tale. This is, a, this is not a fable. This is not something to just make you shout for one time in church. One day, it's going to happen. Listen, I've, I've had people come and say, Brother Terrence, I've heard this all my life, and I just don't know when you're going to take place. I said, I don't know, but you better be ready. Nobody knows the day. Nope. Only God himself knows. And God's going to give the command. And the dead are going to rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be called up to meet the Lord in the air. Glory to God. Jesus is coming soon. Amen. But I want to just give you a definite difference between the covenant with Israel and the covenant with the church. God's covenant with Israel is going to correlate with the church here towards the end. We're going to see all of this, but I want to tell you something. We're going to see the coming of the Lord. Right now, we should start packing our bags and go ahead and get it ready. I tell you what, my, my daughter, when she'd go off on the youth camps and stuff, boy, she'd, you know, wherever she was going, and she'd pack her bags two months before. I said, well, why do you need some clean clothes? Well, Mama, it's Mama Bobby some more. I, I want to be packed and ready, Daddy. I said, I hope you're that way in the end when we got to be packed and ready for the Lord, too. 
need to be ready at all times. Jesus is coming soon. I said, Jesus is coming soon. It may be morning, night, or noon, but he's coming soon. It's quicker than what we can even think. But we do know. And, and the events that are taking place now can begin to happen just like that. Just like that. Just like that. You can see it on the news every night just like that. We're going to start seeing things. I want to tell you something. The global reset button has already been reset. It's already been set. When I say global reset, I know what they're talking about. They're talking about one world government. They're talking about everybody being under one roof. And the global reset's already begun. Economically, politically, schools, colleges, everything. There's a man that's really in the know, and I'll, I'll get past these with information if you want to see it. But our colleges have been infiltrated for years with what we call the woke movement. It's been happening. It started happening back when they started abortions. And, and it started happening even before that. that this movement of anti-God. And they've been brainwashing our kids through these years. Kindergarten up. I'm telling you, it, it, we're, we're in a polluted system with education. But not only have the major colleges been infiltrated. I mean, they're teaching atheism, they're teaching communism, they're teaching these things in our colleges today. And anti-parents, and, uh, and in their schools, high schools, and kindergarten, but it, listen, they're, they're, they're conditioning our children to be able to submit. But not only in those colleges, but also in our religious universities. They have been infiltrating with professors that are anti-God, atheist, one world government. You know, all of these things that they're trying to bring about they have been implanted in our universities. Major religious seminaries. And to your surprise, and to my surprise, some of the major full gospel seminaries have been infiltrated with woke professors. Look, listen, this, this reset has been sent, and the timetable they have is 2030. I don't know if that's eight years. How many people said there's seven years in the tribulation period? Amen. I'm saying we need to be just aware of the fact of where we are in history right now. And when we say the coming of the Lord draws nigh, the coming of the Lord draws nigh. It's quick, it's going to be quicker. Faster than we can even imagine or think. The coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Isn't that what you're hoping for? Isn't that what you're looking for? Isn't that what you're believing for? Thank God. You know, we, we should, I'll tell you what, sometimes I, I get mad when I hear some of this stuff and what's happening, and even in our full gospel ranks, you know. I'll tell you something. There's a lot of full, full gospel churches that are allowing this woke theology. It's all about receiving everybody regardless of your sexual preferences or whatever you want to do, you know. It, it, it's there. Listen, we're living in the evil time. We're living, in, we're living in the end time. And I'll tell you what, we need to look up. I mean, I tell you, don't look down. Don't look down out of misery or, or disappointment. Look up. Jesus is coming. We're part of it. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and thank God for the word today. Amen. Father, we thank you and we praise you for the word of the Lord and what you're doing in our bodies and, and in our life today. God, we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen.